Welcome to the Insights Podcast Series. This is a short form podcast series from For Humanity. Just 10 minutes to gain insights on topics of pressing importance, specifically in the space of ethics and accountability of emerging technology. My name is Sundar Narayan. I'm an ethics and compliance professional and a researcher with a focus on ethical culture and behavior in development and deployment of emerging technology. I'm one of the contributors of For Humanity and the host of this particular podcast. For Humanity is a non-profit with a pressing mission. It works on the mission of managing AI risks for humanity. With a group of collaborators, For Humanity is contributing to methods of conducting independent audit of AI systems. If you want to know more about For Humanity, visit https://forhumanity.center. This is a series on draft EU AI regulations. The draft regulations mandate classification of high-risk AI and also require specific approaches to ensure compliance. And these compliances also aim at looking at how these AI systems do not harm people. This regulation has proposed a penalty of six percentage of global revenues and euro thirty million for violations. We are going to gain perspectives from four humanity fellows. on what they feel about the regulations currently in that series today we have one of the for humanity fellows and also a board member of for humanity adam adam is a specialist in software quality continuous integration and ai he has held senior technology roles at several multinationals delivering large complex projects he is a chair of specialist group in software testing He was also an editor for standards including bias in AI systems and quality modeling. I'm so privileged to have Adam in this show. Welcome, Adam. Good morning, Sandeep. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So it's it's a pleasure, and um, it's an interesting time now that we have a EU AI regulation which has just evolved, uh, and uh, it's the first time uh, the world is seeing a regulation, so to say, in in its draft form at least. So what are your initial feelings how do you see it from your personal perspective So I I welcome it uh very much I think it's time that we got beyond discussing AI ethics in a general way and started to look at um regulations and standards that we can apply to industry uh, across Europe and and wider Absolutely. So it uh, it needs to extend beyond uh, um, uh, Europe, and it will. I, I think uh, it's uh, Europe has taken the first step. That's how I see it. And uh, you know, um, there are multiple facets of things that have come up in this. I just wanted to um, jump into specific aspects that you think are extremely critical from your perspective, and how, things that you uh, see as very very valuable that has come out from the EUA regulations. So a few things. There's a, there's a number of applications of AI that are expressly prohibited, with very limited exceptions, and I think that's a very welcome step. There's a number of applications which are deemed high risk, and uh, therefore require a degree of internal or external governance. And I welcome all of that. I think the mo- thing I welcome most, though, is we started to move beyond ethics because ethics is a branch of philosophy. Uh, with multiple branches itself and it isn't something that we can enforce and and regulate so i think what the regulation does is it starts to look at terms like accuracy and robustness and representative data 
and starts to put those in in legal language, which which will evolve during the the later readings of the uh, the proposed legislation. This is really really important, but it isn't the end. You read the regulation and you will see things like obligations relating to accuracy, but there is no guidance on how that could apply. Is 20% accuracy good enough or not? Is 90% good enough or not? Now, what needs to happen next, and this is actually catered for in the legislation, is we need to develop and adopt standards. So there's an article in the regulation that says any technical standard that is adopted by the board will be published in the official journal of the European Union and will effectively become part of the, the law. What this means is the standards community now has uh, the starting gun has been fired, if you like, for them to adopt particular standards in the context of, of the law. So uh, the EU is starting work on that from June. So there'll be a committee that's looking at existing international standards, looking at gaps and starting to kick off the required work. And I can see that being both technical standards on some of these general terms like accuracy, but also use case specific standards. So for recruitment, what is an acceptable level of accuracy? What is an acceptable level of bias in, in an application tracking system? So very exciting. Absolutely. So this, this, these are evolutions that are um, that are bound to happen, isn't it? Right. So these evolutions are things that uh, are bound to happen in an environment where the regulation is just starting to flourish. While uh, there have been parallel researches going on, parallel activism going on, there have been bits and pieces of standards that have come in in different places, and different parts of the world have started regulating small portions of actions in some or other way, either it is focused on the high-risk system, one type of high-risk system, one application of high-risk system, or um, uh, one concept of uh, issue that they want to address, as the case may be. I'm, I'm really um, uh, uh, glad to know about uh, your perspective on this. Uh, just to extend it better, you did mention about uh, these are things that are expected, specifically in terms of standards. And you also mentioned about how um, the whole concept of moving beyond just ethics and also looking at multiple other facets, including validity and robustness, are becoming very, very important. I just have an important question to ask at this point in time is that uh, I personally feel that these are inseparable. These are interconnected facets that you need to look at from different lenses and continue to add value to the way um, you shape your perspective of the world. Um, Isn't it so? Yes, the different aspects that are covered are inseparable. Um, you have to look at the overall system. And one thing that's really important to understand here is this is not about regulating algorithms. Okay, so there's a definition of the type of AI techniques and algorithms that are in scope, but the legislation refers to systems. So you need to look at the whole Much system, broader. whether that, Much yeah, broader, that is yeah. governance processes, mm-hmm. whether it's data labeling, whether it is software engineering techniques that can affect accuracy in the model that it eventually feeds some data into. So, yes, you're right. You can't look at any of these individual aspects in isolation. This is about systems. Absolutely. So uh, with this, one of the other important points that I thought I'll just um, uh, uh, connect with you on is how do you see this change bringing in a big difference in the way the world sees it. For example, this is one of the first, so to say, right? Um, which aspect of the EUA regulation do you believe 
that uh, uh, is significant change that it has brought to the world and it would have an impact for years to come per se all of it and none of it so i think the biggest change here is <laughs> europe is setting itself europe is setting itself on a different path now it is setting itself on a path where yeah. ai will be a highly regulated area and that includes import and export and that is going to differentiate europe's ai industry so for example i can easily imagine in 10 years people have a preference for ai systems with ce marks european marks of approval because they have faith in the, the processes that have been used to, to build those systems. So it will be interesting now to see what America, China, and all the other countries of the world do. Will they go down the same path, or will they try and differentiate themselves based on a lack of regulation and hence promoting innovation? It is true that regulation does stifle innovation, and sometimes that's necessary, and sometimes it's not. So it will be really interesting to see what different countries around the world do, whether they start to fall in line with the European um, roadmap here, or whether they try to differentiate, be very interesting. And uh, it also brings in another important perspective that is that um, there could be similarity and dissimilarity in the way the regulations shape up in different parts, and there could be a clear timing difference between when the regulation evolves in a particular part of the world and when uh, it is enforced effectively. Right? Uh, given that, it, I think it's 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 one of the most interesting times that we're going to be in, and uh, um, uh, I really valued the kind of comments that you actually made, uh, specifically on the last point in terms of all of it and none of it. So we need to wait to see how it evolves. Um, thanks a lot for sparing your time and then sharing these insights and um, I'm glad that we were able to talk thank you take care talk to you soon thanks for having me Sundar